Preventing truth decay. Truth decay. Resist radio. Next. Hey, well, we don't need to rely on you big or corporations and organizations. We're not going to wait for you, government, and you know other sort of um, structures that are out there that would potentially help men of color rise to the top. We are going to do this ourselves. Resist Radio. Harrison with you, and we are talking to one of our wonderful Brain Trust advisors here at Resist Radio. We've been lucky enough to attract some of the best thinkers, some of the most successful people, to help create and build this movement. And that's the key. We're all in it together. And why not have really good leaders as well? Just like you. Well, this one is named Gamal Palmer. And you know him because he is really the entrepreneur's entrepreneur in many ways. He has built an organization called Global Eye, which creates entrepreneurial access to men of color all over the world. Now, does this fly in the face of certain politics? Yes, it does. But that's what bravery looks like, which is why bravery is such a perfect fit for all of us. But I'm going to let him tell you more here on Resist Radio. And Gamal Palmer, I want to welcome you to your own show in a way. <laughs> Thank you. It's, I'm happy to be here and to be welcomed home. Well, and home it is for sure. Now, let's just jump into it. What is Global Eye and what is your mission? Sure. So, Global Eye Entrepreneurs is the full name, but we do refer to it as Global Eye. Um, and what we're doing is we're creating pipelines to economic and socio political power for male entrepreneurs of color. So, what does that actually mean and why does that matter? What that means is, is that we offer different programs, mentorship, a network of other men for men of color who are building businesses and not just in tech but who are actual owners of fashion lines production companies nonprofits i mean a lot of times particularly in this time period if you will when you say entrepreneur people immediately think of tech right which is obviously very important it's where we're headed in so many ways in artificial intelligence but there's also like most people right who have a business and these guys are people who just want to get their business to the next level sometimes they're people who are 22 years old sometimes it's somebody who's 67 years old and that's another beautiful part of the network that we're building the, the really the family that we're building is that it's an intergenerational interracial community for people to learn grow and heal together a hundred years ago, 90% of Americans were entrepreneurs. 10% had factories to work in. Now it's all inverted. 90% of us rely on big corporations or the goodness of a factory to provide a job, but those have all gone away. So what you do is once again, in fact, it is more relevant than ever, I would say. Particularly with men of color, um, and here are a couple of reasons why. On a really broad, sort of general, scale, not new information, um, the current sort of social and even economic, the sort of the current social and economic structures that we have in place and the norms that we have in place inherently are not supportive of allowance for upward mobility of you could make a case people of color and particularly men of color how do we know this because you can look at leadership you can look at leadership in most large corporations you can look look at leadership in meat-sized corporations you can look at leadership and nonprofits I mean there's a ridiculous percentage something almost not exact number like 80% or so of executive directors of nonprofits in America are white men that includes a large percentage of nonprofits that serve communities of color right so there's 
just from a statistic level alone, we can see that something is in the mix where men of color are not rising to the top. People can make an argument for all sorts of reasons of why that is, but we'll put that aside. So what Global Eye is doing and why we are focusing specifically on men of color, because we're saying, hey, well, we don't need to rely on you big or corporations and organizations. We're not going to wait for you government and, you know, other sort of um, structures that are out there that would potentially help men of color rise to the top. We are going to do this ourselves, right? And we're, of course, not alone. We're not the only organization who supports men of color. Um, but we are the only organization that support, supports entrepreneurs entrepreneurial men of color from supporting them to develop both the who they are as a person and their business and that's the part that makes us distinct and that will have a profound effect on on the entrepreneurial sectors and here's why when you have a network like what we're building with Global Eye Entrepreneurs, where it's not just black men or just Latino men or just Native American men, and you have people in multiple industries and at multiple levels of their business growth, you then allow these men to go through their own healing process. You allow them, so what we do is we look at both, as I said, the person and the business. So you get sort of skill building training in our programs, as well as identity exploration sessions, right? So exploring what it, what it really means to be a man of color for you, the challenges that you face, masculinity, how you sort of, how all those things play into your entrepreneurial journey. It breaks things down. It breaks down internalized homophobia. It breaks into internalized racism, which plays out between between communities of color. So you now have a cohort of people who yes, have very distinct challenges, black male versus Latino male versus Native American male. However, there are some shared challenges for them to um, build bonds around. And then that can grow into relationships that can materialize into collaborations. So then you have potential businesses that are being led by uh, by men of color who ordinarily wouldn't even be in the same space. In addition to that, you're also, of course, as I said, getting this very sort of um, prestigious training in terms of you know branding, investment, strategy, etc. If you're hearing sound effects, it's because Resist Radio goes on the road. We're not uh, old-fashioned lazy where we just sit in studios. We've actually joined Gamal Palmer, who's out conducting his normal business day. And we're in the middle of Los Angeles in a pretty urban area. And we decided to meet up with him out where he's actually doing his work. It's a much more natural habitat to be able to do a more honest interview. Harrison with you. This is Resist Radio. You can catch us on Stitcher, on iTunes on SoundCloud, on resistradio.org, keyword resist radio. You can also catch us on all social media at Resist Radio USA. Gamal Palmer is the executive director of Global Eye, Global Eye being really America's now premier organization, nonprofit organization that teaches, trains, and empowers men of color to become killer entrepreneurs. Uh, we're talking self-sufficiency. We're talking survivability. We're talking recreating and creating the world that we all want to live in. And Gamal, it's no secret that people constantly come to you and want to hear more and learn more. Um, why a nonprofit? I mean, you could clearly be Tony Robbins and just clean up. I could be a yes, Tony you could. Robbins yes, you could. just clean up. <laughs> um, I think 
you know, it's more so my own background and where I come from. I, I grew up in social justice. I grew up in community impact. Um, I, it's, it's what I sort of know. People ask me, well, what do you know about entrepreneurship? Well, I don't necessarily know. Uh, you know, I have not started a tech company. Um, I haven't been in the, the, the venture capitalist world. I how, however, I have been a social impact entrepreneur and been able to accomplish um, pretty awesome programs and workshops and initiatives around the world, really, in over 10 different African countries in the Middle East and throughout the, throughout the U.S. I started uh, my journey in eighth grade working in prisons um, and had some pretty profound experiences, as you can imagine, being an eighth grader working in prisons with a theater company um, to work with inmates on the experience of how do you survive in, in, in prison and how do you stay out when you get out. Um, so my whole life has really been about empowering leaders, empowering leaders to be more better of who they are. And, you know, perhaps there is some model in which, you know, we will have a private consultancy firm or, you know, some sort of offshoot entity of Globalize. But at its core, we're here really for social good. Um, and we did think a lot about if we wanted to be a, a for-profit or a non-for-profit. And ultimately, it just seemed to be more authentic to be a non-profit entity. Harris with you. This is Resist Radio. Our mothership, of course, is KPFK, 90.7 FM in Los Angeles, as well as WBAI 99.5 FM in New York City. We're in America's top two markets because we're reaching effectively the whole country and sending our message of RR, Resist Radio, or uh, as Gamal Palmer just pointed out, reducing recidivism from having been in prison. I mean, part of what you do and why you're so attractive to all of us, apart from the fact that you're so attractive to all of us, is that you are creating the solution that we all hunger. We are now living in post-Obama America. Let's face it, it is really different just a couple of years later. And let me just underscore that. It is really different just a couple of years later. Yes, it is very different. Um, one of the biggest differences is that we now have permission to uh, be vocal about our prejudices. We have uh, permission to, I would say, a social sort of permission, if you will, um, to say, well, I don't really want to play with those guys and I don't have to. Um, and that's, that is dangerous. We had made a lot of progress. There were a lot of initiatives in place. There were uh, policies in place that were, sure, it was a slow game. It was, you know, it was the long, it was the long game. Um, but, you know, cracking into into decreasing privatized prisons um, into you know sort of trying to stifle the the school to prison pipeline in general um, a lot of a lot a lot of commitment to diversity and inclusion from major corporations to smaller companies and without that mandate we don't really know what's going to happen um, as far as we know diversity and inclusion is still a priority for many organizations and communities however there is that mandate is not there and in fact there might even be a different mandate I don't want to presume what that is but it could be juxtaposed to that so with that said we need organizations like Global Eye we need organizations like My Brother's Keeper and so many other initiatives that are out there that are saying you know look we're not going to wait for somebody to give us permission to have all people thrive 
Kamal Palmer is the founder of Global Eye. Global Eye creating uh, entrepreneurial opportunities and really training and empowering for men of color. It's a national organization. You could simply Google Global Eye. Global Eye. Just Google Global Eye and you'll get all the information you need and more. You were mentioning, Gamal, earlier about um, some of the reasons men of color have not been able to occupy, I love that word, it's so relevant once again, occupy some of these higher positions uh, in business and such. And, and we're not necessarily looking at the blame game, although I do love that, and that's another show altogether. I like but, it too. But you must have some, some theories as to why that is. Just, just, let's just assume Timmy in Iowa is not like plugged into all of that. How does he understand this? Sure. So um, you can... <laughs> I always laugh at this because I, I, I feel like um, like my grandpa saying, you know, well, back when I was a young schnapper. Um, but look, the reality is, is that there are traditions that are passed along, cultural traditions that are passed along in most cultures, right? Um, you know, there you could look at the Irish community and say there are some traditions that are passed along. The French community, Italian, Jewish, um, and and those traditions come from our past. They're informed by our past, and they play out um, in various ways. Sometimes visibly connected to the root, and sometimes not. The reality is is that in communities of color. In, in, in the States, we don't have a tradition of, of entrepreneurship at home. You don't have a tradition necessarily, although that is changing a little bit now, but you don't have a, a tradition of people talking about um, you know, finances and, and, and uh, capital and investment and that were their business owners in mass. Of course, there are plenty of families who, who absolutely have these conversations with their, with their kids, right? Um, or just with their friends, yeah. right? Um, but, but in terms of in mass, we just don't have that in the States. What we do have are often communities, people who come from, uh, from communities of color having to think more about how am I going to make sure that, you know, we pay for, for the next meal um, or maybe just for the year's rent or how are we going to make sure that we save them enough money to buy homes, right? Uh, you know, and I don't, I want to be really clear that, that it's not that all communities of color somehow um, are poor um, or uneducated because that's also not the case, right? But when you're looking at, you know, national statistics um, and you're looking at, you know, that that's a reality. Another reality is, is that, you know, we, there is a thing called bias, right? And there's a thing called implicit bias. And we often, we do it to each other, um, whether you're of color or not. And we do it to people who are of opposite races, genders, etc. And so if I go into an interview and I have a particular name or skin t color or etc., you know, it doesn't necessarily um, allow me to... Uh, it, <laughs> if, if I if I you know if I go into an interview, um, it's very possible that you may have a judgment of me based on my name. You may you you know you may not advance me in the in the employee whatever 
track, advancement track if I'm working internally in a company. Um, so there are all sorts of things at play. Those are some of the more general things, but I just think ultimately that what's happening now is America has never really truly dealt with or had to deal with the, 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 the depths of our prejudices and our biases. Um, and that plays out in our business, in our commerce. Resist Radio. Radio for the rest of us. Harrison with you, and we are talking to Gamal Palmer. He is the CEO and founder of Global Eye. It's an organization, an entrepreneurial organization, giving voice to people of color, men of color. And let's define what men of color is. I think we all have a popular notion from watching the news programs, but it's not exactly clear. That's a good question, because a lot of times when I say men of color, people say, oh, well, you know, I know another program that helps black men. Uh, so we're not only talking about black men, we're also talking about Latino men, Native American men. We've had participants who are Filipino, who are uh, from the Pacific Islands. Uh, so it's a, when we say men of color, yeah. we mean if you are a man, you identify as a man, and you identify as a person of color, then this is a program for you. And we, in addition to that, not only do we focus on men of color, because we're addressing masculinity and, and toxic masculinity and, and what it means to be a man, we think it's really important to explore sexuality and, and homophobia. So we intentionally have participants who consider themselves GBTQ, Gay, bi, lesbian, trans, and queer. Yes. And also heterosexual. Yes. And we've had participants who consider themselves... We've had pers- and we've had participants who consider themselves gender fluid, etc. Um, I was formerly heterosexual. Oh. Yes, but I've evolved. Well... <laughs> Thank you and congratulations. Thank and you. I look forward to hearing quite more a about feat. that. Yeah, another we do cut. that after, after this for sure. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. So I imagine that what you're doing here is more than just you've got grand capabilities, huge skills. You know exactly what you're doing, but there has to be a deeper payoff as to why you're doing this. I suspect there's huge personal growth. There's enlightenment. There's places you can go in your own life and world and intellect that you wouldn't otherwise access just doing a regular mainstream gig yeah so I would say that our program is designed to be a point of departure for our participants we have intensives as I've already mentioned these intensive weekends and they're designed to take you out of everything that you know and understand of what it means to be an entrepreneur to live an entrepreneurial life to live an entrepreneurial life as a man of color Um, and so again going back to this whole notion of addressing the person and the business and not leaving who you are out of your business right um people you know it's funny it's like i i have friends you know who who say oh i'm going to study in in paris or i'm going to study in italy or in spain i say oh what are you studying i'm studying math or sometimes actually American history, which is, which is even funnier. In Italy. In Italy. Um, and of course, you also can travel abroad to study Italian sure. culture, yeah, yeah. history, etc. And as a man who has led and designed programs for study abroad, yeah. um, it's the immersive experience. 
It's the idea of taking someone out of everything that they know, their comfort zone, so that not only can they push themselves, but the environment forces them to be pushed, right? Um, they don't have their safeguards with them. So what, that is what the environment that we are creating with Global High. We are creating a new paradigm. We are creating an environment where you can be who you are and you can take what you know with you, but you are going to be challenged and you are not going to necessarily know where the wall is. But when you finally find the doorway, you will have had a transformative experience that you that will inevitably shift how you operate as an entrepreneur. I'm guessing uh, just with the immersive experience of putting somebody, let's say, in Italy or Spain or one of the Greek islands or on the moon, you're going to be vulnerable when you're that person. You're not sitting around your usual friends in your usual setting with your usual sidearm. You're vulnerable, which means you're going to be susceptible to the learning. And it means you've also made the choice to participate in Global Eye. I think that's got to be a big component. You're absolutely correct. It is about being vulnerable, and we are creating an environment for people to feel safe to do that as an entrepreneur, which again is something very distinct. A lot of people don't know that it is exactly what they need and what they're looking for, right? So one of the challenges that we have is even messaging. But what I can say is, is the product, right, or the result of our workshops is that people leave those workshops realizing that they're toughing it out at ways in ways and at times that they don't have to because they're not building networks of support that they have perceptions of themselves that they have perceptions of people that they're pitching to that are not helpful right and and a whole slew of other options you know of, of examples but ultimately by creating a place where people can be vulnerable they can share and they can build community and that is what we are doing we are building a community of male entrepreneurs of color and not just our participants then you're talking about also of mentors who are not only men of color and who you know and other leaders and industry leaders who are all a part of the global eye movement Harrison, with you, we are talking to Gamal Palmer. He is the CEO and founder of Global Eye. You can simply Google it, Global Eye, and up will come his organization, an entrepreneurial organization, as you can hear, that is really leveling the playing field worldwide. It is the Global Eye and offering a leg up to tens of millions. I mean, the numbers are astonishing, and the numbers of people that don't have access are equally astonishing, one of the reasons that he does this. This is Resist Radio, and of course, we're exploring that which is maybe not out there and ought to be. So now it is out there because it ought to be. You can follow us anytime on social media, Resist Radio USA, or podcasts and others like this at resistradio.org. Now, this cannot be a free adventure for you to do because you're sitting on some massive trust fund and you're just giving to the world like a billionaire. Uh, you're a working guy like the entre other entrepreneurs, so you have to get this funded. Yeah, so first of all, I would not mind sitting on a trust fund, so if you have one that you want to give me, um, I'm open. Yeah, and let me call my, uh, yeah. my trustees. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. Uh, wait a minute, aren't I one of your trustees? Yeah, Hold you on. are now. Uh, <laughs> so, um, but um, I am, this is my entrepreneurial endeavor. Yeah. This is, this is my business. 
uh, people ask me a lot, you know, well, what have you created in the past? I, I tell them programs I've created, initiatives that I've created, but the business that I've committed my life to for the past few years and that I will continue to for the years to come is this business. So you're correct. We need funding. We need support. We've been really fortunate. I'm a true scent from the world above the Pallet Fund, which is based in New York, um, they have funded us for the past year or two, and they are going to continue funding us. They've made a three-year commitment till, from now until 2020 um, to, because they believe in the work. Wow. They're funding us through their LGBT arm of their yeah. organization. They fund. They have three strategic arms, and we're funded through that arm. And again, why I really commend them is because we're not what one would consider an LGBT organization, but they understand the value of what we're doing. They understand the angle in which we're addressing uh, LGBT issues and allies and, and inclusivity and breaking down barriers. Um, and I just, I cannot thank the Pallet Fund enough. They're, they're creating their own global footprint. They've been doing work in East Africa, all throughout the United mm. States. They have deep, deep work in the South um, with organizations that just simply are ignored by a lot of foundations. So, yeah. I, again, obviously I'm a huge fan um, of the Pallet Fund. ResistRadio.org One other thing I just want to say is that I think is important for clarification from the last question is that as soon as we say that we're serving men of color, people think, oh, well, you know, this must be some, you know, after school sort of like in the hood kind of program thing, which, by the way, is incredibly needed, number one, yes. to have programs, entrepreneurial programs and educational programs in all communities, um, you know, of, of color and, you know, of, of seeking such programs. Um, but our participants happen to be largely people who have businesses already um, or have recently launched a business. And again, we're just helping them to sometimes people want to do it just because they want to get the training, you know, and the development. Sometimes they want to do it because they want to actually be with other men of color who they would not have ordinarily met. We had one participant who is incredibly talented, has, already has a successful fashion company, an online fashion company, um, and has worked with some really prominent uh, fashion designers. And he said, you know, I, I never do these like these entrepreneurial intensive weekends, which I see advertised all the time, because I don't have the time for that. And because they don't really speak to me. Yeah. But I saw the advertisement for this and I saw pictures of people who looked kind of like me and he happens to be half Japanese and, and half uh, Latino. And, um, and he was like, I want to go there. I just want to be in that space. Right. And it took him a lot to convince himself to give up going to work because he works on the weekends um, to, to do this sort of t this two day intensive. And he, he did it. And. And by the end of it, and when he was sharing this story, he was like, not only did I get to meet 20 other people who, you know, who also are, are committed and are serious about business, but I, I'm now connected to these men in ways I've never felt like I really could connect with men before, you know, and he happens to be a gay, identify as a gay male. And he said, you know, I know that I'm male. Yeah. But I never felt like I had the right to say I'm a man because of how he grew up and how he essentially internalized his own homophobia. Or, and, um, and so he said, now I feel like 
I can let all that go. And I can just be proud of who I am and I can walk into a pitch meeting wearing my sequence jacket, <laughs> right? <laughs> or whatever it is that he's wearing. And, and, and to your point, it's empowering. That's right. the thing, is when any of us becomes congruent with our nature. Right. And that's what we're talking about, becoming congruent with your nature. That is what Aristotle and Plato and all the really founding fathers of philosophy all challenged us to do from day one, peel back the onion layers, figure out who you are, and be that. It is frightening. Yeah. It is scary. Not only, A, what you're going to find, right. but B, you have to become it. And that's, I think, one of the greatest tools you give, yeah. is you show people what their potential is, and once they become who they really are, they glow, yeah. and they really can contribute to society and really be great. Yeah, really great. So here we are in you know 2018 it's going to be 2019 soon and because part of this is a podcast so we have no idea when people are listening <laughs> it might be 2019 you know long-term vision for this era and beyond yeah um i just want to say too that um that participant that i was talking about he emailed me two weeks after that and said oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh in an email of course um Using commas. Yes. I hope the grammar yes. was good. <laughs> he used commas and then an exclamation point. Yes. Um, and said, I just went into a pitch meeting, absolutely invigorated by the weekend, left there with an investor, huge investor. So when people are looking for, well, what's the bottom line? Yeah, yeah. That's the bottom line. Yeah. There is worth to us doing what you just said, to feeling connected to who we are and feeling proud of who we are. And that's kind of what's starting to be missing from the entrepreneurial space. People are getting so interested and rightfully so on the bottom lines, right? And their, their, their ROIs or return on investment that they're forgetting to bring themselves into the equation. And that is going to lead to a lot of depression. It already has. It's going to lead to a lot of loneliness. It's going to lead to a lot of social sort of challenges, which we're already starting to see. So I just wanted to say that. In terms of the long-term vision, long-term vision, so essentially our model is a two-day intensive workshop. It's from 8 a.m. in the morning to 8 p.m. on a Saturday, 8 a.m. in the morning to 8 p.m. on a Sunday, back to back. Um, and as I said, you go through this sort of process of both skill building and also identity exploration. And um, and so we call them Global Eye Weekends, right? So, so we are doing Global Eye Weekends in Los Angeles. Then we'll do, we're actually launching Global Eye Weekends in DC. Mm. Um, and we're already working on Global Eye Weekends in New Mexico. We're starting to partner with the Native American community. Oh, I love it. Um, and so it's, the, the goal is to have Global Eye Weekends <coughs> all around the country uh -huh. to eventually by 2020 or so have a national weekend of, uh, of alumni. A huge part of what we're focusing on is building this alumni network and to have a national convening of Global Eye entrepreneurs. So imagine 100, 200, however many it is, men of color who have all gone through this, this model of, of both, both personal and business evolution. Yeah. Um, now meeting together, becoming a national network, and then eventually to have uh, Global Eye Weeks in countries of origins of our participants. So having our alumni come to Brazil or go to Nigeria or South Africa, um, and to then not only, of course, continue to learn and gain skills that would be relevant, you know, immediately relevant to their businesses here, but also to meet other entrepreneurs in those countries, to learn from them, learn with each other, uh, et cetera. And then it just grows. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom and offering what you do for everybody else. And I do look forward to seeing what kind of magic we perform together 
and helping everybody of color, and even people my color, whatever color that is. Well, thank you, and I, I really have to say that you inspire me, this work inspires me, and that, you know, we've got to support the multiple ways in which we are taking back our society. Yeah. Um, and, you know, for some people, it will resonate to listen and, and to support Resist Radio. For some people, it will be to support something like Global Eye. For other people, it will be Planned Parenthood. For other people, it will be running for council. For other people, it will be having using their Facebook pages as a forum for dialogue. And I just want to say that I love what you're doing and what Resist Radio is, is because it's giving... Uh, permission and it's giving um, the kind of support that people need to say okay I'm doing it my way I'm doing the thing that I know how to understand to do to play my part so thank you so much for for taking this on um, and we're here with you. Gamal Palmer is the founder and executive director of Global Eye, EYE Global Eye, entrepreneurial organization helping men of color all over the world at this point. And thank you so much for coming on Resist Radio. Preventing truth decay. Truth decay. Resist Radio. It's do or die time for many of us, and radio has been complicit until now. As Resist Radio begins to sweep across the nation, there are millions in line to join our Resist movement. Now you have a chance to be one of the movement's builders. Let's build Resist Radio for all our women, LGBTQ, our dreamers, progressives, and everyone who feels they wouldn't be personally invited by Donald Trump to his dinner table. We're a movement of many millions, unafraid of enlightenment and truth. Go to resistradio.org and be a resist builder by helping in any way you're able. Donate and disrupt at resistradio.org.